You're listening to the iRacers Lounge Podcast, where we discuss everything iRacing in a casual setting. Enjoy. Welcome to the iRacers Lounge. I'm your host, Mike Ellis. iRacers Lounge is a podcast for the iRacer, where we talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. Joining me are the usual characters, Jason Daniels and Tony Groves. Hey, guys. Good evening. Hello. All right. Uh, off week this week. No NASCAR racing, uh, or NIS anyway. Um, the Darlington's coming up. Let's uh, talk a little bit about the upcoming Darlington, uh, and then we'll talk about what we raced here in our off week. Uh, I did some testing last night, uh, a couple sets. I actually preferred the fixed uh, over the other set I had. It wasn't too bad. Uh, David Flowers was with me, and he uh, he was learning the groove and trying to figure it out and really struggling. It's hard for a new driver. Um, so what are you guys thinking about Darlington coming up? I watched the uh, the VRS video from Ray Alfala today. Uh, I've been using those as a they're a great tutorial, especially if you've never seen the track before. Uh, really showing you how you can go middle, and there's kind of like a double apex through turn one and two, and then turn three and four, you're just hugging the wall, and that the shadow from the wall is actually making a difference on the temperature in your grip. Uh, so I, I've been using those pretty much every week from uh, Ray Alfalo does the the A car and then you'll get uh, Brian Blackford uh, will usually do the C trucks and the K and N car for D class. Ray usually does the B Xfinity cars as well. But I, I think those are really great tutorials. Ray even mentions a little about the setup, uh, just a couple things that he would change to to make the setup a little a little better from the fixed, and he said that he thought it was it was pretty pretty snug and pretty close to what he'd end up running in the peak. Yep. Yeah, I was telling David what I knew about running the line there. I mean, one and two. When you go into one, you got to throw that thing down below the dotted line. Like get your at least the lefts down on the apron if not all four tires. And then the car floats up into the banking once you do that. And you can really stay in the throttle pretty much. And I think the minimum speed through one and two, I was telling him, was 170 on new tires for me anyway. Uh, but again, just like you said, it's a double apex. I always find myself right in the middle of one and two, almost maybe lifting just a little bit or dragging the brake just to reset to set up for the second apex to come out of two because that back stretch wall, it almost sticks out. I mean, it is so hard not to hit it. I mean, this is definitely one of your classic NASCAR tracks. And a, a lot of people, there's a lot of rubbing. There's a lot of wall scraping. And you, usually it ends up pretty clean when you watch the, uh, the big boys do it. But uh, I don't have a too much trust in my uh, lower split guys. So I'm sure we'll see plenty of spending and plenty of bumping. Well, that's what I was telling Flowers. I go, look, if you could just find a line here where you're not wrecking, you're going to come out top five because in your split, nobody's going to survive. I mean, it's hard to get around here without wrecking. And so I ran a quite a few laps yesterday and I, I can get around here without wrecking. I'm not fast, but um, I'm certainly not, you know, I'm not horrible. We'll see how it goes. Um, 
I'm ready for it, though. I had a good off week, so uh, bring Darlington on. Uh, Tony, I know you're sitting out because you don't have this track yet, but uh, this is probably a good one to sit out. This is probably one of the hardest tracks on the circuit. Yeah, well, I don't know. I'm kind of bummed that I don't have this track. Um, I was actually looking really, really looking forward to this track just because of that challenge. I mean, um, it, it's just it's fun. It's an iconic race, and you know, I want to go out there and grab my stripe, even if it's just once. But uh, alas, I'll have to uh, I'll have to play Tafosi cheerleader this this week again, and oh, uh, well, I'll hit it next year. Nice. Well, let's uh, talk, uh, what else did we do on the off week? Uh, I, I, I did a few things, so I'll, I'll bring up uh, Hosted Talladega. Somebody was putting up a Gen 5 car, uh, the Gen 5A car, which is no restrictor plate on uh, Talladega and and Daytona. and uh, No, I think it was just Talladega. But boy, I was some awesome fun. I can't believe how much fun that is. In that particular setup, because you have to lift going into the the corners, uh, or you're going to put it in the wall. I mean, you cannot flat foot it like you traditionally can in a restrictor plate car. You cannot do that. And so, I found myself on the bottom a lot, and the guys that were on the top, they would like float it into the corner, and they didn't slow down enough, and they'd be into the wall. And so half the field would go out that way just by overdriving the corners and taking themselves out. But uh, you had to be real careful. But boy, one and then the draft was crazy. You know, you'd get up to 240 or so at the end of the straight. Uh, but the speeds were incredible. You remove the restrictor plate, and it's a whole different ballpark out there. Yeah, I think people forgot about the, at least I did, forgot about this particular combination of car and track and boy it is awesome fun so don't uh if, if you have any options of running that check it out i think uh, it was mitchell reeves uh not mitchell reeves it was uh what's that one guy that always hosts uh, a session every uh, 30 minutes for the last two years anyway uh i forget his name but he's always got a, a hosted session up uh he like pre-purchased uh I don't know how many. He's been doing it for about two years now. For the most part, I haven't actually dabbled into hosted because I don't trust myself enough. So that's why I still do official. But I think I will be getting into possibly looking at a league and possibly doing more hosted in the near future. It was like one of those things where it's just a random room. I, you know, I wasn't invited or anything. I just jump in it, you know. Spur the moment. That's the best kind of race. All right. I got the name here. I just looked it up. It's Mitchell Qualls is the guy. And if you've ever been on the hosted page, guys, you've seen the name Mitchell Qualls. He's the guy who literally hosts a session. Like I said, it's every hour or every half hour or something for like the last two years, like literally 24 hours a day situation. I wonder how he affords it. He must be rich or something. Or has the hookup. <laughs> right. All right. Next, ne- never uh, underestimate the hookup. Well, maybe he does, but uh, that's crazy. I mean, he's in some of the races, but he's not obviously not in all of them, but he still hosts them, so that's crazy. Uh, I also did some pickup cup uh, racing at Charlotte and actually got a win. 
and uh, put up a video of me uh, taking doing the donuts uh, at the front stretch of Charlotte in the truck uh, after taking a win there. Uh, had a good qualifying. I started top five, I think, got up to third. Uh, the top two were all over each other. I mean, just like glued next to each other. And sure enough, they eventually touched through the, the front straight and took each other out and gave me the lead, and that was that, and I won it. But uh, it was kind of nice to get the blood boiling a little bit and get a win. So uh, I'm, I'm happy uh, that I got one. So let's hear what you guys did this week. Uh, what'd you race? I kind of did like you there, a uh, bit of carb cup, and uh, sounds like I had a very similar type race as to you did in the, uh, in the pickup cup, and uh, except I was the guy... Uh, spinning out i was fighting for the lead uh last lap and just before the finish line uh uh he came down for the block and well we got into her it was still a fun finish um it was a it was a fun race uh the top five or six guys like we we were just nose to tail the whole time and uh real tight real close it was it was it was a lot of fun other than that i uh i did a bunch of dirt practicing uh getting better be able to string about 10 laps together without crashing into the wall so uh big thumbs up for that yeah those unofficial races are fun because there's no sr there's no ir to worry about it's just a fun race and i think that takes some of uh that gives you a different perspective i think going into these uh lots of times though they end up being wreck fest but if you can survive that part they're usually pretty fun I ended up getting some uh, Mazda road races in, uh, and I was able to really tell that I was able to control the car. When I first started iRacing, I kind of did a little oval, did a little road, and I was just plumb awful at road. But I think the experience that, I, that I've gotten with the oval cars, being able to control it a little more, kind of being able to feather the throttle, uh, I found doing – it was Okayama – and the rookie Mazdas, and I got around that track almost no problem whatsoever. There was one turn that was getting me that I kept getting a 1X off track, but I, I, I found that just my oval experience is helping me control the road cars more. So I, I may start mixing it up a little more, doing a little road uh, for the week also, uh, but if I can get to 3.0 rating, I can actually sneak up a license class here in week 12, week 13, so... Uh, that's definitely going to be one of my goals outside of the NIS this week. Well, yeah, no incidents means your license will go up because your SR will go up easily if you don't have any, uh, you know, off tracks or not very many anyway. So, yeah, have at it, man. That's a tough by, thing to do. I was by no means competitive for racing-wise, but get a little SR, I, I don't really want to race the Mazdas long-term. I just need to get the SR so I can maybe get into the GT3 cars and be able to do the like 24-hour races and stuff. So that would be nice to uh, mess around with uh, on NIS while off weeks and whatnot. Yeah, a long time ago, I, I got my road up to the A license because, just like you said, I just wanted to get it up there. And uh, just, you just got to go out and run clean races. You, you can't, you know... Don't worry about your IR. Don't worry about where you finish. But if you can just not have any incidents, that's really the ticket there. So, all right, cool. 
And uh, you also raced in a special event, or you at least started it, right? Yeah, the Fight Like a Girl 200 was uh, this Saturday. I know I've been talking about that in Final Thoughts for a few weeks. Uh, they ended up getting 32 racers out to support Brad, Brad and Melissa. Uh, Melissa gave a very nice thank you uh, during qualifying while we were waiting for the starts. Uh, and the tire changer for the 07 team, the Xfinity team that was giving away the hot passes, he was actually one of the racers in the race as well. So uh, a lot of great words from Brad, a lot of great, great words from uh, Frank, uh, Melissa, Doug George, and Race Spot did an outstanding job uh, pro- promoting it. I, I thought it was very appropriate that they they covered what they need to cover race-wise and promoted the real cause that we were there for uh, Saturday night as well. Uh, Justin Laird ended up finishing 22nd. Uh, I ended up leaving the race early. The power started flickering at my house, but it didn't go out. And the first time I was like, okay, we're fine. The second time I was like, I'm going to wreck someone. So I just parked it in the pits, and about five minutes later, the power did go out at my house. So I wasn't able to finish officially. I got a 31st. Uh, but just kind of a unfortunate, I was really looking forward to the race, but I was also really, really outclassed. Uh, when you get open set up in some of those peak guys, it, it's just amazing to see how they solve the puzzle that open setups are. And, and at the end of the day, that's what it really feels like. It's a puzzle. It's a complex puzzle. And some of them were turning 28 eights at Homestead and basically never lifting uh, no break and not much lift. They were whipping around that track like nobody's business, and that's what the good guys do. So it, it was awesome to watch. I'm glad I was able to to be a part of it. I'm unhappy I wasn't able to finish, uh, but still a great cause I was able to be a part of. It's kind of humbling to be in the same race with people like that when they're like aliens out there, you know, going so much faster. Yeah, and you get excited that you ran a 30.2, and then you look at everyone's times and go, whoa, I'm dead last. Like, I ran a 31 in practice, I get I improved .75, and I'm still getting smoked. <laughs> yep. Well, I heard they raised 800 bucks uh, for the cause, and uh, Chuck Sweeting, I think, was the winner. And so he won the hot spot, or the hot spot, the hot tickets, hot passes. Uh, for the Xfinity race, so uh, congrats to everybody involved. It sounds like a good one. I completely missed it. By the time I got home from work, it was over. So It was also a quick race because when you got guys that are that good and know what they're doing, not too many cautions. That thing start to finish um, hour 20 for 130, 134 laps. Yep. All right, cool. Uh, next is Peak is back tonight. Uh, we're recording this on a Tuesday night. It'll be on tonight at 9 p.m. at Darlington, and this is the playoffs. This is the first uh, event of the playoffs. Now, it would have been impressive for me if they would actually publish something that somewhere tonight, today, that shed, said, what is this playoffs thing that they're doing in the peak series, I have no idea what it means when they say the playoffs. Is there a diff- Are they resetting the points? Is there somebody with more points than the other, kind of like in real NASCAR? 
you know, with uh, Martin Truex, you know, has all the, the bonus points? Or what is the situation? Are there different rounds? And, so, and I have no idea. So I remember seeing a graphic earlier today. I don't remember where I saw it. I was looking for it before the show. Uh, but the next three races, round 13, 14, 15, is the first round of basically the chase or the playoffs. And then round 16 is Homestead, and that is the final race. So I believe they have cut down to eight at this point, and then they'll do a, a playoff progression just like NASCAR, uh, but it's going from eight to four at Homestead. So the top four in the next three races, and I believe a win gets you into the final, uh, and that will be the final at Homestead round 16 for all the marbles. Yeah. You know, I'll probably turn this on tonight and watch it and see what happens. Uh, it'll be interesting for sure. So um, it's always been a good good to watch the peak race. So The stakes will be much higher, and I'll also keep an eye on the post-race form thread because if it's anything like I've seen the past couple of weeks, it may be a pretty entertaining one. Yep. All right, let's get into other topics. Uh, Tony, what do you got? Well, we got a, another poll. The uh, excuse me, um, the most common reason for having a race ruined. Um, this is kind of an interesting poll, and uh, there there was uh, five different uh, top uh, options to choose from: got net coded, got disconnected, shot self in the foot, racing incident, got taken out, and uh, the top two were uh, shot self in the foot and got taken out. Um, 31% and 39% respectively. Um, I found those uh, those pretty interesting and kind of scrolling through the topics and stuff. And uh, a lot of people quick to point out how how they've uh, shot themselves in the foot. I mean, we've all done it. We've all been there. Um, and that, that I think that one uh, usually hurts the most, even more than getting taken out by somebody else. Oh, yeah. If it's someone else's fault, you just wipe your hands of it and say, you know, hey, what could I have done, you know? But, uh, yeah, when you do it yourself. Now, when I, I first looked at this poll earlier in the week, uh, shot self in the foot was actually leading and got taken out was way far back. But since then, a lot more people have voted. We have 483 votes on this poll and got taken out, uh, took the top spot uh, with by over 8% over the shot self in the foot. So uh, some people came in here and really voted on the got taken out, uh, and apparently that's a, a problem for people, is the most common reason for having a race ruined. I also like that taken out is in quotes there, because we all know sometimes when you get taken out, you actually shot yourself in the foot. So there's probably some bleed over there. Yeah, in, in reality, that probably should be a bunch of votes for racing incidents, which is probably more realistic. You know, like maybe you didn't give the guy enough room. You know, so what, did you really get taken out or did you, was it a racing incident or what? Yeah. I don't know how many times that I've been, I've been racing and I get racked and I'm like, Oh, what's this guy doing? He just totally took me out. And I watched the replay. I'm like, I'm an idiot. That was all me. <laughs> all right. Next topic. Uh, David Tucker put a little gem in one of the forum posts when somebody asked, hey, how much distance do I need from my eyeball to my monitor? You know, what should the minimum be is what was the question. And David wrote, a monitor is no different than a book. 
How close can you comfortably hold a book and read without eye strain? My personal rule of thumb is that you should be able to easily touch the monitors when seated properly without leaning forward. And I think that is a good rule of thumb. If, you're, if you can't reach them when you hold out your hand, you're sitting too far back. I'm only about a foot too far back right now. That's not a problem, right? Well, on my cockpit, I actually I have a seat that moves forward and backwards. It has a slider. And right now I'm sitting back because I'm not racing. But when I race, I actually pull the seat all the way forward. Even when I'm sitting back, I if with the seat all the way back and I stick my hand out, I can barely touch the center monitor. So when I pull the seat up, I can easily touch it. Uh, so check it out, guys. Maybe you're sitting too far back. All right, what's up next? Well, there was a, a birthday last week, and uh, this one is really cool. Um, Monty Smith turned 90, and he's still eye-racing. Um, I, I got to believe he's he's got to be the oldest, and he, you know he's still going at it. They say he doesn't do a lot of uh, official stuff, mostly hosted in league racing, um, but he's still winning races. Um, that, that's pretty darn cool, you know? That is awesome. I, you know, I always hope that I'll be 90 years old and still eye racing. And uh, but here's somebody actually doing it. That's so cool. Post also talks about how he he used to race Speedway in the 40s. Uh, so he was a real life racer way before there were any computer simulations, and did some of the uh, console games like Need for Speed. Uh, TLCA Touring Cars, Colin McRae Rally, and then came to iRacing when it was really released. So he has had racing in his blood, both real world and simulated, for a long time. 40s. I mean, think about how long ago that was. That's, that's 77 years ago. That is awesome. Anyway, Paul Smith, uh, he posted about his dad, Monty Smith. So happy birthday to him. Uh, next topic. We got an announcement about, uh, well, actually it was a video uh, introducing the UMP modified car at Lanier's National Speedway with dirt on it. And uh, iRacing put together a nice video here about it. And uh Shows this new car. Um, we were talking a little bit before the show about this car and exactly what is it, you know. And uh, so we got a UMP modified. We talked about there's an SK modified. I have no idea what these uh, abbreviations stand for, but uh, but it looks pretty cool. What do you guys think? Yeah, I don't know anything about the car. In fact, I'd never even heard of it until just recently. But, uh, you know, taking a look at it, looks cool. Um, eventually, when I when I can put a few more laps uh, around a track without going off, um, I'm going to start getting into it a little bit more and, and buying some of these cars, and most likely we'll pick this one up as well. What I'm curious about is where does this come in kind of in the hierarchy of the of the dirt cars 
So obviously the sprint cars, the winged sprint cars are a very different feel and different handling than like the late model and super late model and the limited late model. So this is a very different look where it's kind of like almost an open cab that you can see all the way through from the back and just some paneling on the left and right. How does that affect arrow? How does that affect handling? I'm just kind of curious where that, where that falls in. Was there a gap in the cars that we had that this fills or is this another car to be another car? Yeah. I don't know enough about dirt racing to know the answer to that, but I think it must fill a gap that we, that we had that obviously we didn't realize, but um, it's cool. They're still working on dirt, you know, and uh, Lanier, now, this is a free track, I believe, that everybody has, the asphalt version. So I do believe that the dirt version will also be free. That is correct. Yeah. And that'll be out in this uh, next build, which we'll talk about that a little bit today. Uh, one more tidbit on this. Uh, Kevin it, Iannarelli, that's hard to say, uh, he did post up on Twitter uh, a thank you to Mike McKinney for allowing us to scan his car. Mike also provided us tons of data for the build of this car. Now, Mike McKinney is a uh, driver of one of these UMP modifieds. And when you check out his uh, Twitter profile, uh, uh, you know, it has pictures of the UMP and him in victory lane and so forth. So, uh, yeah, they're working with real teams, real drivers, real cars. Uh, to come up with this iRacing product. It's pretty cool. All right, uh, what's next? Well, if you've ever wanted to experience uh, some laps around a racetrack, um, now might be the time to do it. Um, the Rusty Wallace uh, Racing Experience is partnered with iRacing, and uh, you get 60% off the driving experience and three free month uh, membership to iRacing. Um, I've not done it, but uh, he does come to my local track, and it's just a, a small eighth-mile track, but one of these days I'm going to get my butt out there, and I don't need the three free months, but the 60% off if it's uh, available in my area. I think I might be doing it. Pretty cool. Uh, and the website is racewithrusty.com. And they have a schedule there with pricing. Uh, speedway tracks, short tracks, bull ring tracks. And uh, looks pretty cool. Now, I've actually uh, went to Daytona once. And Richard Petty uh, Experience was there by accident or they were already there i just i didn't know they were going to be there so i went there for a tour during the week and they were there and i ended up buying a three-lap ride for 120 dollars with a real driver and i sat in the passenger side and it was a it was a nascar like an xfinity style car uh it could have been an old cup car i'm not certain but i had to put on a fire suit and a helmet and all that and got to go around the track at at speed and it was the coolest experience ever. I loved it. And I certainly recommend it to anybody who has an opportunity to do it. it it'll give you a, such a different perspective of what happens out there. There's a lot of different similar uh, products in the marketplace. You said uh, Richard Petty. There's the Rusty Wallace. I believe Dale Jr. also has a racing experience. Uh, but if you got a NASCAR track, in your area, I would definitely check with them. Most of them are doing these nowadays at least once a month. Uh, 
Yeah, it scared me crapless, uh, to say it nicely. Uh, we were going down the back stretch, like 185, and I, all of a sudden I see the the wall of asphalt that kind of went off to the left, and it looks like a wall when you're approaching it. And I'm like, oh, my God, he's not slowing down. We're going to, like, crash. That was the feeling I had inside. And then it kind of, he kind of drove up onto this wall of asphalt that's the banking of Daytona, and that car just sank into the asphalt, and it pushed you down into the seat with all the G-forces, and you threw your head to the right, you know, and you couldn't hold your neck straight. And, boy, it was just hang on and hold your breath. Yeah, Daytona is a special track. I did a, a tour there, and that is a really steep bank in those, in those corners. It, it's a lot steeper than it looks on TV. Yep. All right, uh, next up. World of Outlaws tweeted about uh, the dirt on Lanier, and uh, they have a little video uh, specifically about Dirt Lanier National Speedway, as they call it. And uh, iRacing out of the nice two-minute video here showing uh, basically shots of, uh, of the track. And then they show actually some live footage from real racers uh, going around the track as well, so you can kind of get a perspective. Nineteen eighty-five, March of eighty-five. It's a pretty classic race there. Yep. And uh, interesting though, world, uh, but a nice video for sure. So pretty cool that you know iRacing is uh, still promoting these uh, these new content and stuff, even though they're not selling it. All right, what's next? No, well, it looks like we got another uh, iRacer uh, about to hit the real world. Um, there's a new show uh, looking to take gaming stars and putting them in real world situations, uh, virtual to reality. Um, they took Alex uh, Bergeron. He's um, he races uh, World of Outlaws Sprint Car Series, and uh, he's won there a few times. I'm not I'm not familiar with him, but. Uh, it sounds like he's making quite the name for himself. So they, they took him from his hometown in uh, Drummondville, Quebec, and flew him out to Edmonton to test out a sprint car at the Castrol Raceway. Um, the, the crew chief, Robert uh, Lavalle, said he was, uh, he was expecting him to be a lot more out of control, but uh, he, he, did, he did very well and, and surprised him. Um, now he hasn't had, had a race yet. That's uh, coming up on a Friday night in a qualifier uh, for Saturday's Express Cup at Castrol Raceway, so um, here's hoping we'll uh, see what he can do. And we got another another one taking the step from uh, uh, from the simulation to real life. Yeah, this kid's talented. If I'm not mistaken, I think he's a peak driver, but or if he if not, he's a, a pro or soon to be pro. But uh, he's quick, and I've seen him win a lot of iRacing racing races, especially on dirt. Uh, he, he's he's real young, um, and he got an opportunity to get in a real race car, and that's pretty cool. Now, I've been following the uh, brainchild of this venture. Josh, his name is Josh Hamilton, and he has a big presence on Facebook in a lot of the iRacing groups. 
about his show that's called Virtual to Reality. And uh, he's been working on this for a long time, and I've never talked about it on the podcast because I've always saw it and thought, oh, I don't think this is going to work. You know, when I talk, when he puts out these articles talking about what he's trying to accomplish, and hey, you know, he was doing all these brainstorming stuff last year where he would put up something on Facebook that said, you know, hey, who would be interested in, you know, pitching in, you know, X amount of dollars for an opportunity to get into a race car. And he was kind of like a, he was trying to work up a crowdfunding kind of situation where if you could get a bunch of people to crowdfund, then one guy would win it and then he would get to go drive a real race car. And so that's what he was trying to put together. And that has morphed into what this is today, uh, which is some kind of show. Now, I don't know if they have it on TV or what. Uh, and I still don't know how it's funded. You know, somebody had to pay for Alex Bergeron to fly, you know, to this track, to put him in a fire suit, to put him with a real team, to put him on a track to do laps. And now he's going to be in a race. So, you know, a team had to put up a car or someone had to get out of a car so he could get in it. So someone is paying for it. And I still don't, I'm still trying to follow the money and figure out how this works. But kudos to Josh Hamilton. I mean, dude, you pulled it off finally. You finally got an iRacer in a real race car, which he's been trying to do for a long time. So congratulations. I can't wait to see where it goes. And not only that, I like that a lot of iRacers that we read in these situations are not making fools of themselves. I mean, everyone wants the wants to call it a video gamer Rex a $500,000 sprint car, uh, and it's just not happening. They, they, it's like they keep wanting it to happen, and it still doesn't happen. They even said in the article they expected him to be a lot more reckless, and he wasn't. Uh, I think that go that goes the iRacing players uh, and, and the drivers that we have on this service take this a whole lot more seriously than a lot of people think. Yep. Well, well, as well as well as that, i iRacing's um, you know, giving us that platform to be able to learn how to race like that. Um, I mean, if you got a if you got a crappy simulator, you're you're not going to get the skills that you need to to transfer over. Well, I don't know about that. You look at uh Ty Majeski, he had a G G25 and a laptop and that's how he got his 10,000 i rating. I mean, he had n- a tiny, you know, one screen, nothing special at all, and he did really good. Oh, yes. No, no, I'm not meaning the equipment you use to run the simulation. I was talking about the simulation itself. Um, oh, right. It's just so, you know, so true to life as, as, as much as it can be at this point. Oh, yeah. Well, congrats to Josh and Alex, and uh, it's neat. I think Alex was a perfect choice for this uh for this adventure so uh yeah i'm excited to see uh, how it goes and uh, maybe we'll get josh on the uh program sometime and talk to him about it because uh, i really want to understand how it actually works you know how did he get it funded and stuff like that um i from what i can see they don't have a sponsor or anything so yeah i don't know what the situation is still so more to come on that one uh next is uh a nice video that uh, iRacing put out again about the new upcoming Ferrari 488 GT3 car. Uh, we're going to see this real soon. 
it will be featured in the next schedule, uh, Season 4, in the Blank Pain GT Series as well as the IMSA Online Series as well. The sounds are really great. The look is really great. It's another fine-made fine car by iRacing that they're bringing out. But it, it also brings something that's kind of curious to me. Uh, so we had the 488 announced this week, and we had the UMP Modified announced this week, and they're live next week. I wonder if there's been a kind of a change in what iRacing has done where before they were announcing cars way ahead of time, and then it kind of became the hashtag soon becomes hashtag never. Uh where now they're like holding off on announcing until they know it's done. They know it's going to be live. We had, didn't hear a peep about this GT three car until this week. And now it's going to be live and in two series in two weeks. Yeah. I, I think it, I don't think it's uh they're, they're doing it intentionally. I think it's when the licensing gets done, you know, when the check clears and everything, uh, you know, legally is wrapped up with a, a nice little bow. I, that's probably when they announce it. Uh, and, and probably not a moment before that. Maybe they were announcing too soon in the past. So they're just changing when they're announcing it. Yeah, could be. All right, what's next? Well, another uh, Twitter post from Steve Myers um, talking about Blank Pain and the IMSA series. Uh, for everybody looking for more cars, well, great news. You have it. Six cars next season. So all those that uh, race in that series, um, I'm sure you guys are all going to be happy campers. Yep. And, yeah. And that sixth car is the Ferrari 488. There you go. Well, I think there's enough GT3 cars. There's more than six, right? So yeah, there'll be a choice. I don't. I don't know how many exactly they are, but it's interesting. Anyway, this confirms which series is being affected by the six car uh, from five to six. So it's Blank Pain and IMSA. Next up, uh, Kyle Putz was at Road America for the Xfinity race, and uh, guess who he, what he saw in the parking lot? He saw the iRacing scanner van. And uh, he posted up on Facebook a picture of it and said, hey, iRacing, what you doing here? Uh, I don't think we figured it out uh, why they were there. Peekaboo, we see you. A rescan of Road America? I don't think it's needed. But, uh, yeah, so anyway, you never know where you'll see iRacing. That's pretty cool. See him at the track. Uh, looks like he just saw the van. He didn't run into anybody particularly. All right, what's next? Yeah, got some more uh, good news for um, all the drivers doing the Camel GT series. Um, they've uh, moved from 30-minute races to 45-minute races, and uh, that was because the majority of the, the community wanted those longer races, so iRacing, iRacing gave them to you. Um, they've also uh, released the uh, Season 4 schedule. Yep, 30 minutes to 45 minutes, so it's not as much of a sprint race, but I imagine it's probably still a sprint race. Now, I don't think that would be a fuel stop, would it? 
it it might be because I see on this schedule, especially week seven, it talks about the Audi only having 75% fuel. So it may be bumping it to require a fuel stop. If they had about 35 minutes worth of fuel, then this would make it require a stop. Yeah. Which always uh, is fun when races are long enough to require a stop because then that in, you know introduces the opportunity for strategy, you know. And it, another sign of them listening to the community. This really is—they're making this for us, the people that raced the Camel GT series. They asked for this. What's the harm in giving the community what they want? If somebody wanted to race the Camel GT series and wanted it because it was a 30-minute race, I don't think this would run them off. Only 15 minutes doesn't seem like a, a real long time to me, says the person running two-hour NASCAR races. Right. And sometimes four-hour if you have the long ones. But All right, next up, uh, uh, we have some more polls in the forums. Uh, two different ones this time, and the question is, which series would you run if more people participated and the first uh the first poll is about oval series uh specifically and the uh answers to choose from were the late models the silver crown cup the sprint car cup super late model the tour modified or the sk modifieds and we got 83 votes so far um the winner at this point the super late models at 25%, and then the modifieds at 23%. Silver Crown, 20%. Sprint Car, 13 I voted Sprint Car. I love that car for pavement. Yeah, I don't have any of these cars, um, nor do I really know a whole lot about each of the cars. Um, Maybe I need to to start exploring my uh, my options there for off weeks like uh, we just had. Well, I tell you what, you know, the, a lot of these cars, the reason these are listed on this particular poll is because there is no participation. When you, if you went and bought one of these cars, you wouldn't have a place to race it because nobody runs them. I know the, the late model and super late models, there's actually a few leagues that are pretty well filled with those. When I was getting into D-Class and trying to decide if I was going to do the K&N car or the later super late, uh, that's one of the things I looked at was participation and also carryover. The K&N cars run down a lot of the same tracks that uh, the trucks and the NIS does, where the super late and the late models run some of the older tracks that aren't on the NASCAR circuit anymore uh, and some of the shorter tracks. And it's a different style of racing that I know some people enjoy. Uh, I was more along the budget route, so I was looking for things that would carry over and be useful. So that's why I went the K&N route. Right. Yeah, and I was really speaking about the Silver Crown and Sprint Car specifically. Those, I mean, you, you, there's a races for those that are up there, but nobody runs them. And that's what I was trying to say. And so if participation was high in those, I'd be all over it. They're so fun. That sprint car has one gear and it's so fun to try to bring that thing up to speed. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's kind of a neat poll and, uh, 
it's kind of interesting to see the results. Now, the same guy put up a different poll on a different forum for the same question, except this time road car. What series slash car would you run if there was more participation on the roadside? So I'm going to read off these real quick. Uh, Classic Lotus GP uh, 79, Lotus 49, IMSA Corvette C7 DP, IndyCar, Kia Optima, uh, Formula One, Mustang, Jetta, V8 Supercar, Audi, Nissan, uh, Camel, and Proto 4GT, and Radical uh, SR8. And the winner was the Radical, surprisingly, 20%, and then V8 Supercar at 10%, at 10% IndyCar was 13% in second. V8 supercars, they, they have a lot of action kind of in the Australian time zone, which is like the most awkward for people in the States. Uh, so if I was closer to those time zones, I think I'd be able to do the do the supercar more. Uh, but I, I think that's really interesting that people would – they want to run the Radical, but there's just not enough people doing it. If all the if seventy three people started running the radical, you'd have races almost overnight. Now everybody ha- that's a free car, right? Everybody has that. So, yep, I'm in it. it and this one got a lot more votes three hundred sixty eight votes there, total. Uh, but yeah, I was a little surprised by the radical. I kind of thought when I first saw the poll. I thought the Lotus might win, either the 79 or 49, uh, but hardly anybody voted that. They were at 5% and 9%. All right, what's next? Well, a whole other new thread dedicated to, to why won't the dynamic track work outside of N-Pass. Um, so they've, uh, they've narrowed down some things. Um, coding is... Uh, not the problem. It's been confirmed that uh, coding is universal. Um, it's applied to the entire sim, not to each series. And the amount of cars in the server is not the problem. Um, a test race was performed with 43 cars and used NIS settings. There was no groove change whatsoever. So, uh, from the sounds of things, it's kind of back back to the uh, back to the old drawing board. Um, your guys' thoughts on that? Well, as you read through this thread further down, there's a lot of discussion that maybe it has to do with qualifying and uh, the fact that NIS is a lone qualifier and the peak race and the the league races and all the test racing map boosts is done and all those, those have all been open qualifying and the track state is carrying over from qualifying into race. And that's really what people have pinpointed as what is the difference. Uh, and so now they're thinking maybe that's the the difference there. But there's a lot of interesting thoughts about what, uh, you know, what is the problem here. Um, and they're obviously working on it. So, Well, that's good to see. The, uh, you know, with, with it being uh, alone qualifying, I mean, that, that kind of makes sense. Um, I'm not smart enough to know what else it could be, but that that one makes the most sense to me. 
I personally think the warm-up time, the, the practice time before the qualifying, in the NIS, it's three minutes. So and, short. And I personally, I never get out and practice because by the time I load in and stuff, there's only like a minute, a minute and a half left. Yep. I'm not even getting up to speed. Why am I going to risk getting incidents? Because those incidents do count uh, It be in the practice attached to the race. Why am I going to risk getting incidents when I only have a minute? I'm not going to get a get to practice anything where peak and the league race that he mentioned have a 15 minute uh, warm up, or the peak has 15 minute warm up, and the league has 15 minute open group qualifying. So in that case, if there was 15 minutes, I would absolutely get out there and run some laps. If I had 10 minutes to do it, you would think that that much, that little amount of practice or whatever would really make it that big a difference in how the race plays out as far as multiple grooves and stuff. But apparently that's the difference. But uh, yeah, more to come on this. This is an ongoing issue. We talk about this every week almost now. So uh, it'll be nice if they can figure it out. Well, if the, if, if the, uh, you know, the extra practice time is, is the issue. Um, it seems like that would be a pretty simple fix. Um, what do you think the community would take to having, you know, a 10 or 15 minute practice session um, before you qualify? Well, there's already that. I mean, when you, when you, you know, it, you know, register for the race at the top of the hour, you can go into the practice before it starts. But the way it works is that practice, that that's an open practice. It's really not been split yet. The races haven't been split. You'll be in people you'll be with people in that practice that get into different splits than you. And that, and so that, that track state isn't carrying over into the race. So I think technically they would have to, at iRacing, they'd have to overcome that where you could have a proper practice before the race started where the, the track state did carry over, but they would have to split them much earlier. So I'm not sure how that would work. Another possible option is you increase the, default track where would you load in i think right now it's kind of like it randomly generates the track like between five and thirty percent usage or something i don't right. know what the exact numbers but if you increase that to 20 to 50 then maybe you see a difference if if we think that is the problem if we think that ex the extra laps of warm-up make a difference then just increase the default track state and see what happens but I, I like seeing that Matt, Bu Matt Busa, who actually doesn't really have a whole lot to gain, he's in peak. He's getting the, the benefit of it working right. Uh, but he is really wanting to do the extra testing, do the extra debugging to, to find this for the community. I like seeing the power of the names that are involved in this and the people that want to get it right. And I like that it's a lot more constructive uh, now than it feels like it was a couple months ago. Yeah, it was all pointing fingers a couple of months ago and whose fault is this? And yeah, so now it's more like, how do we fix it? But yes, Matt Busa, thank you so much for, for taking the lead on this. We need some leadership and that he's certainly showing it. And what better person? Because he does run peak. He does run uh, in the Integrity Racing League. Uh, which he's been using them as a test bed to uh, investigate this problem because they usually have a high number of cars. They usually have uh, multiple grooves, and, it, and it's very similar to what happens in peak. But the other thing is Matt Busa also runs NIS, and he 
runs NIS, and it's like totally different than the other two experiences. And he wants to know why. And I, I'm glad he does because I'd like NIS to have multiple grooves too. All right, next up, season four schedule has been announced. And uh, they posted it as a PDF in the forums. Uh, the highlights include there's now an advanced rookie dirt legend series that runs at USA in linear dirt configurations. Uh, there is a new dirt car UMP modified series. Lanier dirt has been added to all the dirt racing series. And the Ferrari uh, 488 GT3 card is added to the IMSA and blank pane. And what's next? Next up, Alex Gustafson uh, posted about the season four release. Uh, that's going to be on Wednesday, September 6th. This is a pretty normal schedule uh, for downtime and the overlap sessions prevented. Uh, so just the Season 4 patch schedule, Wednesday, September 6th, starting at 8 a.m. Eastern. That's next week, and that's week 13. He mentioned this was bumped a day because of Labor Day on Monday. Normally they would do this on Tuesday. Uh, so the update is actually scheduled for Wednesday due to the holiday. So the update comes out the day of the NIS race. Great. Yeah, that'll work out good. It usually yeah. does. Yeah, what could go wrong? Right. <laughs> All right, next up was a another poll in the forums, this time by Susan from iRacing. She asked, uh, hey, would you rather use live chat or telephone for support with iRacing? And 236 people voted live chat. Over 14% on telephone. What do you guys think? Most of the time, I would have to say uh, telephone and and get rid of all the menus with the button pushing and just give me someone to talk to. Um, but for this kind of thing, um, live, live would definitely side with the majority here and go with live chat. I think it's just it would work uh, so much easier and, and um, more simpler for, for, for me anyhow. Yeah, I've never had to call into support or anything, so I don't know which I would prefer. I guess if I had to choose, I'd probably pick live chat, but uh, I, I would think that telephone might be more effective, though, and and you'd get you know get to the point quicker probably than trying to type back and forth to each other. I say we just load up an open practice session and talk via iRacing voice chat. Best of both worlds. And then they have an excuse to race while they're working. Well, if you're calling support, can you might not be able to get into the race session. So, Don't burst my balloon, Mike. <laughs> okay, Tony, what's next? Well, anybody uh, hoping for that Knoxville uh, build, you're uh Gonna have to wait till uh, December. Um, Steve Myers just posted that uh, they're not gonna have it ready in time, and but for the December build, should be there. Yeah, it's not gonna make it next week, guys. Uh, Knoxville will not make it. Been confirmed. And it's one of those things. Maybe they shouldn't have announced it before, you know, because people get their hopes up 
you know, we talked about this earlier about when they announced content and now, you know, they didn't get it done in time. So it's going to be delayed three months. Yeah, but, you know, iRacing isn't the only ones that do that. Um, countless, uh, you know, games in the console area, PC programs, you know, they all do it. You got you got to get the uh, got to get the momentum going for it, get people excited. Um, you know, I, I'm sure they tried as hard as they possibly could to get it released. But, you know, hey, if it ain't perfect, don't don't release it. Um, you know, just let, let's wait. Let's let's have it uh, the right way the first time. All right, let's jump into hardware topics. We have one this week. Uh, the VR5 is one of the most impressive racing simulators for sale in Great Britain. So if you're in Europe, uh, check out this uh, website, exsim.co.uk. E-X-S-I-M. And it's called the VR5 Motion Racing Simulator. Uh, it's meant to use with virtual reality goggles. Uh, the way it looks is it's a about a six-inch high black platform with four shock absorbers. They look like literal shocks with uh, uh, that come right out of a car. Uh, one on each corner of this little cockpit kind of thing. It's almost like an enclosed cockpit around. It looks like a IndyCar tub is what it looks like, a tub uh, that, the, you know, contains your your legs with your pedals and all that, and there's a seat. And uh, this thing is like free-floating on this on the four springs. So you got an up-and-down movement. You got a, a, your, your back-end sliding back-and-forth movement, you know, like a traction loss. You got left-to-right angle tilt, tilt left-to-right. Uh, really a kind of 360 kind of feel uh, as far as motion goes. Really slick looking. Uh, I have no idea what it cost. I'd be afraid to see the, the cost of it, but, um, you know, really nice looking rig. And if you go down, they got a little bit of a motion graphic going on uh, to show you the movement and stuff. And um, it, it just looks... Uh, it just looks so so smooth. Um, I mean, I'm sure once you get racing and stuff, it's going to throw you around like a rag doll, but um, it looks really well put together and really well built. Yeah. You know it's expensive when they don't publish a price on their website. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Second mortgage time, I think, maybe. Yeah, pretty cool. Uh, I saw that and I'm like, wow, that looks really nice. It looks good too, and it's quite different than any kind of motion rig I've seen. Uh, where the 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 tub, as I call it, the IndyCar tub, is literally free floating. I mean, it's it's up on the springs off of the ground, so it does have some up and down movement that can happen. All I've right, seen what? um I've seen some other ones that are 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 similar to this, but. Um, the way these, these shocks can pivot, um, I, I don't know if I, I saw that on those other models, um, but, uh, you know, really cool nonetheless. Yeah. The, like the Sim Experience one that like has shocks as well, but they're like moving the seat 
not like an entire tub and they're not moving it up and down they're kind of shaking it you know tilting it left right and there is some traction loss where it will shift to the left or right but there isn't an, uh, an option for up down or tilt i think so all right what's next user entered your channel next is uh chase okay so now we're talking real i racers in the real world or real racing, uh, real uh, racers in the iRacing world. It's kind of the crossover section. Uh, but anyway, this time a, a uh, video by Chase Briscoe. Well, a, a video of Chase Briscoe. Uh, it's an interview, and it explains uh, basically how iRacing helped him get into NASCAR. And uh, he drives for Brad Keselowski in the uh, truck series right now, and I think he had an Xfinity start recently, did very quite well, uh, if I recall. And a uh, pretty neat little video. This was published by uh, Andrew Curlin the other day. Uh, he's the guy who interviewed him. We keep seeing this more and more. It's almost like not as surprising as it used to be. Well, it's almost like it's a you, you almost count on it. If they're an upcoming driver, they're already involved in iRacing, you know. Now, at the end of the video, it actually shows a picture of his racing rig, uh, Chase Briscoe's personal uh, racing rig in his house. Uh, not a bad-looking setup, and he actually has motion on it, too. You can see the shock uh, absorbers on the back of the seat. It looks like he's got a real racing seat, too, with the uh, wraparound around the shoulders and head. Yeah, it's a top-class rig there, right, right there. All right, what's next? Well, your pal, uh, Ty Majeski, um, looks like he's won another race and with another uh, with another team, the Kelly Byers team. Um, this guy's just smoking it um man uh, every, every pitcher i see he's got a, he's got a checker flag in, in the middle of the pitcher this is awesome the guy wins everything it's incredible how long how long till uh we see him you know with the big boys somewhere in the top three well i think it's about sponsorship um if roush Roush is no fool. Jack Roush will promote this kid quick, I'm sure, but uh, he's got to have sponsorship package to go with it or it ain't going to happen. Just like, I mean, NASCAR is in a real bind with this sponsorship crap. It's got to a point where you have to have it. I mean, it's not like you can get hired, you know, just based on talent. It almost makes you wonder what you have to do to get sponsorship. I mean, he's won, I want to say, like 20 races this year in all sorts of different kind of cars. He's got ARCA wins. Uh, he's got wins here at the Del Dell's Raceway. Just all sorts of different races, all sorts of different kind of cars, dirt, pavement. And he's winning everything. What does it take? Now, interestingly, this week when I was messing around and hosted, I'm looking, you know, at the hosted page, and guess what? I see Ty Majeski's name. He was hosting up a, uh, uh, I think it was a late model race, 
and there were a lot of people in there. It was full when I saw it, or I was going to try to jump in, but I actually clicked on his name to look at his iRacing profile, because I hadn't seen it for a while. And yeah, he's got above 10,000 iRating, and you go down to his last 10 races, you know, on your profile, and you look at the column that says uh, qualifying and then uh, race result, ones and ones on down every every row of the 10 races he qualified first and he finished first in every race in his last 10 races all of them some kind of a late model or super late model or something like that so he wins everything in i racing too it's not just real life uh and he still does it it's crazy All right, next up is a topic of, about Bradley Philpot. Now, Bradley is in the uh, VLN Nürburgring series, as they call it. And uh, gt-report.com did a feature story about Bradley. And it's basically a blog that talks about the virtual path to real-world success. And he talks about... Uh, how he uses iRacing to basically train for his uh, real racing. He says uh, it gives you muscle memory. It teaches you fitness, concentration, and confidence. Um, they actually have a video at the end that shows him doing a, a lap, uh, a qualifying lap on iRacing. Uh, but pretty cool. To another example of a real-world driver uh, using iRacing as a tool. Uh, he also Twittered up, uh, he actually did a, a, a Twitter response to the article that posted, and he said, hey, you want some more evidence of how sim racing really helps your fitness? Here's my heart rate trace from today. You tell me where the race was. And he put up a little graph uh, where he had a, a heart rate monitor on, apparently, throughout the day. And you can see, but you know, between a certain period of time, where his heart rate spiked way up high for a period of time, and that was when he was eye racing. <laughs> so I never thought of it. Do you guys think we're uh, we're actually burning fat and whatnot? Uh, and it's fitness to do eye racing. I definitely get sweating when I race and. I, that that's all that's all nerves i mean my computer doesn't run any hotter uh, i got a fan blowing right on me but when i i definitely feel the sweat coming on i feel the kind of the blood pumping the adrenaline get you going i feel that difference i guarantee you i'm probably not burning fat but that's because i'm fat uh, but uh, I, I definitely feel that. I don't think of it as like a normal thing of fitness, but I, I can see it helping. Just just that kind of intensity and that when it's on his heart rate monitor, that's over looks like a four hour period that he went from an average of about sixty to an average of about a hundred. So it's pretty sin significant for him. Um kind of sitting in the same boat as jason there um like i i'll get sweating um when i got the fan blowing and everything else um but I, I don't notice my heart rate going up now you know if 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 i manage to to take the lead the adrenaline will start uh surging and it'll get my heart pumping a little bit 
Um, but other than that, I I don't really know. Um, I don't notice it. Yeah, it makes me want to check my uh, Apple iWatch after I do a race and, and see if I can see the same thing. I never thought about looking at it. I think I'll try that. Because the, uh, the Apple Watch thing has a heart uh, rate monitor on it, so I can pull up on my phone my heart rate stuff. I don't know if it'll show me a graph like that, but I'm going to look at it. That's pretty cool. Yeah, my my wife has one of those Fitbits she wears when she works out. and Actually, she wears it all the time, so maybe I'll have to snag it from her for a half an hour, an hour, and, and see if it does anything on my end. Yeah, because it's hard to tell when you're in the moment, you know, uh, what's going on with your body, but... Okay, uh, next, uh, final topic, I'll take it, uh, final topic tonight is newly announced, iRacing.com has announced the NASCAR iRacing Pro Invitational Series, which actually kicks off tonight in about 10 minutes from now, actually. It's going to run before the Peak Series, and it's going to include drivers such as Christopher Bell. Harrison Burton, Noah Gragson, Todd Gill, and Blake Koch, Ryan Truex, Parker Kligerman, Ben Kennedy, Ryan Priest, Ty Majewski, Chase Briscoe, as well as special guests from the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series and other premier racing leagues from around the world. And, uh, boy, this is pretty cool. Uh, we've seen these kind of events before, and, and now they got a, a, an actual series uh, going here. Uh, starts tonight. Uh, pretty cool. Yeah, that's kind of exciting, actually. Um, in fact, I, I'm, I'm, right now you're, you're able to, to log in through uh, iRacing Live, and uh, I'm guessing a lot of other people have the same idea as me because um, – I'm having a hard time uh, having it load in. Well, and part of the reason is that NASCAR is uh, actively promoting this. Right before we went on the air tonight, I saw a couple links uh, by NASCAR on their Facebook page and on their Twitter, as well as they put up on their website at NASCAR.com this story about this series, uh, trying to drive some some, uh, views, obviously. So... uh, Pretty cool. Uh, there's a couple quotes here about it. I'm going to read a, a, a quote here from Tony Gardner, who's the president of iRacing. He said in an official release, We could not be more excited. NASCAR is a tremendous partner, and the various NASCAR official series on iRacing are extremely popular. Adding this series to our eSports lineup with real-world professionals is thrilling and highlights the continued growth of sim racing. Also quoted was Blake Davidson, NASCAR Vice President of Licensing and Consumer Products. He says, through our long-term partnership with iRacing.com, NASCAR has been at the forefront of competitive gaming for years. The NASCAR iRacing Pro Invitational will further connect our drivers to the growing fan base of esports in an engaging and authentic way. Let me overanalyze something. Have we heard Tony Gardner call it eSports before? That's new, yeah. And Blake Davidson has also mentioned it as an eSport, so maybe there's a new direction. Well, 
I think you can call it that, and there's, that's certainly a buzzword now uh, to try to get involved in esports. You know, uh, all the different sports out there are trying to, you know, get their niche, and this is maybe NASCAR's way of of getting involved. But uh, boy, it's going to be a good race with that lineup. I I, I stated. I mean, Ryan Priest, he's a recent winner from the Xfinity. Ty Majeski, we we talk about him all the time. I don't think anybody's going to – I think Ty is definitely the favorite. I don't see how you could not put Ty Majeski as the favorite in these races. I also like the fact that they left it open for uh, special guests from the Cup Series to be uh, announced later. So maybe we'll see Denny Hamlin come and race with us, or uh, who else might come? Kyle Larson's he's pretty Kyle popular Larson, on the service. Yeah. You've had Tony Stewart on. You've had Dale Jr. on. You've had uh, Kyle Busch on. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be awesome to see Kyle Busch doing it. I don't know that Kyle races iRacing, but uh, I know he does the simulator, the Toyota simulator, but... I know a few of them have, um, they do have accounts, um, but uh, they've, it looks like they've never used them. Um, one in particular was uh, Danica Patrick. I know she's got an account, but uh, I don't think she's ever run a race. Right. Well. So Nat- NASCAR and, and iRacing have, have, you know, looks like they've done a pretty darn good job they've uh they've they've got a lot of attention to this um because the latest time i tried to um to log in and and start checking out the stream um it's completely crashed <laughs> so that may not be good but yeah lot lots of uh lots of people trying to get on anyway all right well hopefully they'll get it fixed uh, this is a great opportunity to get some eyeballs on our on i racing anyway uh, let's jump into final thoughts. Uh, Tony Gardner, excuse me, Tony Groves. I just told you, called you Tony Gardner. Tony Groves. Big promotion. Got? Yeah, um, I don't even know if I could uh, if I could fit into his slippers. Um, my my final thoughts are, uh, you know, good luck, guys at Darlington. Um, you know, hopefully the stripe doesn't take out your whole car. Um, I'll be I'll be cheering you guys on, and uh, I'm really really looking forward to get back into it at uh, Richmond. Yep, Richmond uh, is start of the postseason. Really, it's like summer's over. You know, I, I think we're at the end of summer. It kind of feels like it. All right, uh, Jason Daniels. Final thoughts. Couple things, real quick. The uh podcast is back on youtube uh we did last week we're doing this week this will be going live just uh, shortly after we finish recording uh did a couple weeks ago as a test uh we're going to keep video recording the uh podcast uh all the kind of videos and form threads that go along with everything we we're talking about you can watch us live on uh, tuesday nights uh, we usually get started about seven eastern uh, so uh, we may be uh, live streaming that in the near future, but YouTube for now, and then we get that posted Tuesday night. Uh, as far as me for the NIS, uh, my last race was Bristol, a great fourth place finish. I really want to keep that momentum. We have some short tracks in about the next five weeks, a lot of short tracks. 
uh, Darlington, uh, Richmond. We got Dover. We got New Hampshire. Uh, we do have Chicagoland and Charlotte mixed in as well. But uh, I never thought of myself to possibly be a kind of a short track specialist. But with a fourth at Bristol, I'm at least considering that for now. Let's see if I can keep that consistency and keep that going as we go through the short tracks here. Now, don't get cocky now. You stop it. I'm not getting cocky. I just got <laughs> you got to have an amount of confidence when you're doing this. It's not cocky. If I win four in a row, then I, then I'll tell you to shut up. Okay, but so it, it, it was one race. I acknowledge it was one race. Maybe it was a fluke. Maybe not. But I I gotta use the confidence from that race. I gotta keep that going. Yep. All right. Uh, my final thoughts is just that confidence. I had a win. Yes, it was pickup cup, but it was still a win. I still yelled out in my house, yes, I can't believe I won, you know, and my family hears me from the other room, and and uh, they heard that. They don't hear it very often. I used to win, it seems like, more often than I do these days, but uh, it was nice to get a win. It, it gives you confidence. Uh, it makes you remember why you're doing this when you're able to, uh, take the checkered flag and do the donuts at the end and post a video on Facebook and share it with your friends. And it was fun, and I'm glad to get a win. And I want everyone to remember why we're doing this. We're out there to win, guys. It's competitive. So go for the win and uh, race stuff that you can win. You know, I race NASCAR iRacing Series in a second or third split typically, and that's really hard to win. So I have to step back and go to these lesser series to actually be competitive sometimes. And uh, it was fun, so I'm glad to do it. Uh, other final thought is, you know, don't forget about the, the podcast. It's everywhere that a podcast can be found. Uh, if there's a place I don't have it, please let me know, and I will put it there. Uh, but we're on uh, Stitcher, Stitcher. We're on SoundCloud. We're on iTunes. We're on Spreaker. We're on Podbean. We're on Google Play. So uh, whatever floats your boat, you can find it out there. Uh, SoundCloud is actually where the podcast is hosted. Uh, so that's the most direct way. But the easiest way, I think, is if you have an iPhone, is iTunes. If you have Android, go to Google Play and uh, search iRacers Lounge. And with that, we'll see you later. Thank you for listening to the iRacers Lounge Podcast. Make sure to go subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play, Facebook, and Twitter. See you on the track.